Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody, Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. I am back with my co-host, JC, and our awesome, amazing, informative guest, Jen Kedick, who is an assistant living guru, marketing, sales and marketing director at an assistant living facility. And she is going to help us help your company figure out, hey, what are some corporate strategies for supporting the employees who are supporting their family members because they're elderly and or possibly, you know, having some medical situations. So what you got for us, Jen? Okay, seriously. So let's open up that conversation that caregivers are not alone. So companies, how about you get some caregivers, you know, taking some videos and sharing it in your training videos saying, I'm a caregiver, this company supports me. Best Buy does that. Best Buy shares caregivers um, stories so that they don't feel alone. Not only that, they offer four weeks of full salary for caregiving for a loved one. Oh, wow. I'm like, wow. We would have to look that up to see if they could break it up or it's a full four weeks or whatever you need. That's amazing. CBS, actually our local television, um, puts up to two weeks off for caring for a loved one that's terminally ill. That's a start. It's not perfect, but it's a start. Yeah, it's something. You know, because not they're not always going to be terminally ill for caregiving, but it's there. So there's some really good companies out there seeing that, that this is an issue, that caregivers are stressed and that they exist. The fact that they exist is the step in the right direction. Yeah, there was a, a study done last year, 2022, um, well, almost two years ago, because it'll be 2024 when this is released, uh, probably. <laughs> but it was a few, uh, the future of benefits report, 2022 report. And it said in there that the companies who responded, 51% of those said that they plan to offer elder care benefits in the future. Now, how far is the future? No idea, but at least it's getting out there. I feel like if we were having this conversation just 10 years ago, that would be like 2%. So the fact that these big companies who honestly probably have lower paid employees working for them too, and they're offering something, it is, it, it, it makes my heart happy to say, all right, it's already hard enough to attract people, never mind retain people. Let's treat them good, including all angles of the um, of their family. So older, younger, you name it. JC, you have any stats for us? The Family Medical Leave Act, FMLA. It's a federal law, and it allows employees to take up to 12 weeks of unpaid leave per year to care for a family member. Caring for an aging parent or uh, another loved one falls directly in this category. While on leave, employees are protected from losing their job or employer-provided health insurance under the FMLA. Now, only caregiving for a spouse, child, or parent is covered by the FMLA. It excludes caregiving for a grandparent or sibling. And only 60% of private sector workers are eligible, believe it or not, for FMLA leave. 
Back to you. Yeah, I mean, so the thing is with the FMLA is, again, it's a start, but it doesn't go far enough because most businesses in the United States are small businesses. And so if you have less than 50 employees, the federal law, the Family Medical Leave Act is a federal law. It doesn't apply. Um, now, a couple things I wanted to give advice to our listeners. First of all, you can go above and beyond the FMLA. You can have 40 employees and say, yep, we're still going to follow it. You just have to be consistent. And so you can use their forms. You can, you know, use all the processes and everything. Um, that's a benefit. You have to be consistent, though, so that you don't get accused of any kind of discrimination, favoritism, things like that. Second, some states have their own versions of FMLA. So even if you don't qualify for the federal FMLA, maybe your state FMLA qualifies. So, um, I, you know, I always get companies calling me, ask me, well, we don't qualify for FMLA. What can I do for my employee? I said, well, why don't you just have a non FMLA policy or call it whatever the heck you want, but basically copy and paste the, the rules and terms, but you could be maybe six weeks instead of the 12 weeks. You know what I mean? And then you could put in there what JC was said was missing. Oh, our policy covers caregiving for a grandparent or a sibling. And so, you know, HR folks, we just have to get creative and consistent, consistent, consistent. What do you got, JC? For people that aren't familiar, springboarding from what exactly was said by Wendy with a little more detail here for you too. And Wendy, please chime in when I'm done. An employee must have worked for the same employer for at least 12 months to be eligible for FMLA. They would have had to have worked a minimum of 1,250 hours in the previous year. Currently work in an area with at least 50 employees, just like she said. But believe it or not, that 50 employees has to be within a 75 mile radius. Yes, but if your employees are remote Bingo. and they are assigned to a location, even if that location is remote, if you have don't really have an office at all, then somebody's going to be assigned to like a P.O. box, right? Or the, the business owner's home. Well, that means everybody works there. And now if you have 50 remote employees, then now you're qualified for the FMLA. So the remote thing, you know, you do have to make sure you check with a, an attorney in your state. Also, if you have state FMLA, um, Jen, how many people do you do you talk to on a regular basis? You know, when they're they're placing their their parent or their grandparent with you who are saying, I have no benefits. I, I, I don't even I can't even be here today, but I had to take a day off to check them in. Oh, so many. I, I actually have boxes of tissue in store all the time mm. because I provide a safe place for these people to vent, cry, all of that. Um, and often it's, uh, can we move them in on a Sunday because I got to get all my family together and they all work. So can we do it this weekend? And, you know, it's hard for us. I'm not going to lie. It's hard for us to move somebody into a place on a weekend because all of the, you know, the key players are not there. But if we can line it up so it is, we often do that for them because they can't take off work to say mom needs to move into an assisted living. That's very real. Yeah, it, re it really is. It's very, very real. I mean, we deal with it with um, parents and now we're dealing with the opposite side. And so it took forever for companies to realize, hey, you need to be flexible with working parents or you're not going to have any working parents work for you, which means you're not going to really have any workers. Um, you'll have some, but not that many. So now we have to flip it around on the other side. Voting does help. Vote, 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 people. Uh, when we come back in a minute here on session four, we're going to talk to our listeners about just finding elder care help, you know, some advice 
Chase, from me, from JC, from Jen, how elder care affects the workplace is also about helping your employees a, take the time off, preferably paid, but at a minimum, protect it and not not have to worry about losing their job. But then also, how the heck do we even find this help? We'll be back in a minute. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.